Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you. I'm excited because today we are starting a new series about 40 days of prayer. And I'm calling it Let's Get Connected because prayer is the way that we get connected to God. And in, at the same time, I'm inviting us to join a life group and get connected to each other. And uh, before we get into prayer, I want to just kind of lay out for you a couple of my goals for this series. And we're going to be doing this series for, like I said, 40 days. So it's going to be six weeks of messages, maybe seven. And uh, here's some of my goals for us because prayer is so vital to our, our personal strength, our personal connection with God, uh, our livelihood, that I wanted to just be upfront with you about some goals that I have for us together. Number one, to increase our devotion to prayer. And uh, to do that, I'm going to ask all of us to establish a daily prayer time and a regular communion time with God throughout our day. Another goal I have is to connect with others in relationships. We need to be with each other. We are designed and we are better together. And so we need to come out of some patterns that maybe we fell into uh, during the COVID time when we were isolated and reconnect, reestablish friendships, uh, get in each other's space a little bit and, and rebuild and reconnect with each other. We need to enjoy friendships with other believers. Another goal I have for us is to improve our effectiveness in prayer. So I'm going to ask us to memorize a verse every week. Because when we memorize God's word, it's teaching us God's promises and it empowers our prayer life. When we know what God's will is and we pray according to that, obviously our prayers are going to be more effective. Another goal is to grow closer to God in prayer. To encounter God's presence and his guidance through prayer. Prayer is the way that we connect with God. Not just talking about prayer, not just reading the Bible, but actually communing with God communicating, interacting with Him. And so we need to get close to God. We need God's presence in our lives. A fifth goal I have is for us to become more like Christ through prayer. And one of the things that happens is when we are devoted to prayer and we're spending time in God's presence, God begins to work on us. He begins to heal us and shape us and mold us and set us free. And that's what I hope will happen for you and for me in these next six weeks. And finally, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to learn to pray in the Spirit. The Bible talks about praying in the Spirit, and it is a powerful uh, uh, tool that God gives us to connect with Him and to overcome the enemy uh, in our lives. And so these are some of the goals I have for us. And if you want to get connected, you can go onto our Real Life app. You can sign up for a life group. We have multiple life groups, options, uh, several different days and times that you can get connected and go on this journey together. For the next six weeks in our life groups, we're going to be watching an extra video by Pastor Rick Warren uh, when he did this campaign years ago called 40 Days of Prayer. So in his videos, we're going to be watching those, discussing those. I'll be providing notes on our app as well. And we're going to be building each other up in prayer and connecting with each other and connecting with God. So I hope that you can be a part of this journey um, and we're going to get started. So today's goal that I want to give you, the challenge I have for you today, is if you haven't already started, is to begin a daily prayer time. A daily prayer time. And to get started, this is what the Bible says, Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. That means set time aside. Be devoted to it. Make it a priority in your life. And so I'm challenging you 
to do this starting today that you will carve out some space in your daily routine for prayer. It could be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. It's not about that. It's just get started. And to help you, I want you to do an activity with me right now. Okay. And that activity is we are going to build a prayer list. I'm going to give you something to pray about. So get out a piece of paper or a little three by five card and, uh, or just follow up on this later when you have those materials and create your prayer list. Just call it my prayer list. And the first item I'm going to give you to pray about is your family. All right. We all can pray for our family. We all have family members. The second one is your church. I need prayer. We need prayer. The Bible tells us to pray for one another. So pray for real life, you know, the real life family that, that we would all grow stronger, especially in this time. A third one I want you to pray for is a friend. Just pick a friend and just say, you know what? I'm going to pray for that friend every day this week. All right. This is your prayer list. I got seven things for you. Number, number four, someone in need. God will put someone on your heart. Just think of someone who's in need and just put their name on this list, okay? This is your prayer list. All right. Number five, I want you to think of a problem that you have, okay? Whatever. We all got problems, so just put one of them down. Whatever it is, that's your prayer list. Number six, I want you to put down a hurt or a pain that you have. That you're asking for God to help heal, heal you from, okay? Uh, to comfort you in. And then number seven is a concern that you have. Maybe you're worried about something. Maybe you, you've got to make a decision. Maybe there's just, just something else that, that you want to be praying about. Okay, so take a little card real quickly. You don't need big, long paragraphs or sentences, just names, just these two items here, a name, a name, a problem, a hurt, a concern, and that's your prayer list, okay? So here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to write this out. Secondly, I want you to decide when are you going to do this. Are you going to do it the first thing in the morning? Are you going to do it at a break during work or at lunchtime? Are you going to do it when you get home from work? Are you going to get, do it right before you go to bed? Pick a time right now in the next 10 seconds and just say, okay, this is when I'm going to do it. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. Or I'm going to do it right before I leave. Or I'm going to do it right before I go to bed. I'm going to do it at lunch. I'm going to do it here. Just decide right now. All right, got it? Awesome. And now commit to it. Just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. And if you miss a day, that's fine because we're starting a new habit. We're starting a new routine. But just say, yes, I'm doing it. You in? Say, I'm in. Okay, thank you. Let's go. So we just committed to something. Now I want to talk about um, prayer today and give us some more understanding of this. I'm really excited to be spending the next six weeks talking about prayer and what it is and how to do it and all these wonderful things. So first of all, I want to read Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it's talking about the early church. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the, the early church was a, a powerful, powerful demonstration of what's possible when a group of people come together and just completely trust in the Lord. 
Uh, there was salvations, miracles, joy, awe and wonder, power in the early church. And the early church was, was, uh, was devoted to these four things. And I think it's important to look at these four things. Real quick, number one, it says to the apostles' teaching. For us, it's really kind of this setting, right? The teaching of God's word on Sunday mornings or through this video is that the people were devoted to learning God's word. They were devoted to the scriptures. They were pursuing God's word, pursuing God's truth, listening to the teachings and putting them into practice. Okay, so what are you devoted to? Are you devoted to these things too? Because what you're devoted to is what's going to produce the, the results in your life, right? So if you're devoted to God's word, and the second thing is to fellowship. For me, that's life groups, that's relationships. That's the, the relationships with other believers of developing the fellowship, developing the relationships with one another. Now, to be quite frank, we've been cut off from relationships, and now we need to get back connected into relationships. We need to devote ourselves to these relationships, devote ourselves to one another, to getting together, to doing life together, okay? When we are devoted to God's Word, that equips us, right? It, it, the Bible says it equips us to do all that God's called us to do. But when we're devoted to each other, that encourages us. We need that encouragement for one another. Thirdly, it says they are devoted to the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread is an analogy to having communion. And so every Sunday morning at Real Life, we have communion. Why do we have communion every Sunday? You don't have to do it every Sunday, but why do we do it? Because we see it as a point of faith for us to be healed, to bring into today's reality the power of what Jesus did on that cross when he died, not only for our sins, but his blood was shed for our healing and, and to heal us from sickness and disease. And so we believe that um, communion is just an avenue for us to experience healing. So we're devoted to communion as a, um, as a family of God, and that heals us. So the, the word of God equips us, our friendships encourage us, Communion heals us. And then the fourth one that's mentioned here is to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. And prayer, as I mentioned before, is our daily connection with God. And prayer empowers us. Okay? So a daily time with God is often referred to as devotions. I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, I'm uh, in my devotions or in my devotional or I'm doing my devotions. You know, it's kind of interesting that the, the history of the, the church, we have used that word very, very, um, uh, you know, well-defined of what it actually really is, is we are devoting ourselves to something. So what is devotions or what is a devotional? So traditionally, a devotional or a time set aside to, to meet with God is filled with, you know, these types of things, Bible reading, prayer, sometimes journaling, and sometimes worship. And so when someone says, yeah, I'm doing my devotionals, typically it's a combination of those types of things. Reading the Bible, praying to God, maybe listening to a, a worship song or singing to God or just worshiping Him, or maybe writing out, journaling what, what your thoughts are, what God is saying to you. That's devotions. That's what we call doing our devotions. We are devoting ourselves to these activities. So why devote? Why has a daily time with God been a staple of Christians for nearly 2,000 years? Why? 
Why do we do this every day? Because through these activities, we are able to draw near to God, to experience His presence. We're not doing religious activities just because we should. We're doing these activities because they bring us to God. They, they help us encounter God, hear God, experience God, be touched by God. So this is all about our personal relationship with Him, actually encountering the presence of God. Moses would go to the tent of prayer. Every day he would go into this, the presence of God to meet with God. Prayer wasn't a religious activity for him. It was a relationship with God, right? And the people wanted to come to the temple to come near to God, to be close to God, to experience him. And now we had the privilege without any uh, restrictions, any curtains or walls or sacrifices needed to be done for us to come into the presence of God. We just get to come right into his presence in prayer, in devotion. So a memory verse for this week is just that. James 4, 8 says this very simply, Come near to God and he will come near to you. This is what this is all about. This series, these next 40 days, is trying to help us come near to God. And when we come towards God, when we seek God, God bridges that gap and he, he meets us and, and he comes near to us. And if you feel far from God, just start devoting yourselves to seeking Him. Start devoting time to prayer. Start devoting time to reading His Word. Do the activities that will help you connect with God if you feel distant from God. Because as soon as you desire and start to move toward God, God moves towards you. He meets us. He encounters us. And we, this is our, uh, not only our desire, but our desperate need to be in the presence of God, to be near to God, to encounter His presence, to hear His leading, to experience His healing, His comfort, His peace, to be empowered by His Spirit. We need God. We don't need religion. We need God. And so let's go after it. So what is prayer? Um, we often think of prayer as asking or begging God for something. And sure, that's part of it, asking God for, for things. Absolutely. But prayer is much broader than simply asking God for something, okay? Here's a couple things, and in the next several weeks, I'm going to roll out a lot more definition to prayer. But prayer is the means by which we have communion with God. Prayer is how we connect with God. For instance, it's how we worship God. It's how we express thanksgiving to God. It's how we receive comfort or healing or wisdom from God. In prayer, it's how we hear God. Not just with our ears, but you know, more so with our heart. We hear God speaking to our soul. And it's how we're empowered by God. We're, the presence of God comes upon us and we're, we're emboldened, we're strengthened, uh, we're filled. We, we receive clarity and power. And I like to put it this way. Prayer is the currency of heaven. It is the means by which heaven's will comes to earth. And so I want to share a story with you out of the Bible. This is in Genesis chapter 28, uh, verses 10 to 17. And it's about Jacob. And Jacob has an encounter with God. This is really Jacob's personal moment of salvation, if you will. So we have Abraham, we have Isaac, and then we have Jacob. And from Jacob comes the 12 sons of Jacob or the 12 tribes of Israel. 
Jacob's name is later changed by God to be Israel. And so this is where the Israel people came from, from, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Jacob's names changed to Israel. His 12 sons are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is when Jacob met God, when he had an encounter with God. And it tells us so many amazing things. So I want to read this story for you. So Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So I want to just draw a real crude picture real quick. So we have a staircase. He dreams of a staircase to heaven. And up at the top of, of the staircase is heaven or God. And down here is him or earth. And he sees on the staircase angels. And it's interesting, these angels are ascending, which means they're going up, up into heaven. And they're descending. And they, they, the, the, the description here says that they're ascending first and descending second. It's very interesting. So angels are going up and down. They're going up and down from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. Really cool. And it says, there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Jacob or Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring, which came to fulfillment through Jesus, because Jesus came through this lineage. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So God is revealing himself to Jacob as not a God of a territory, but a God of overall. And God says, I will go with you. Wherever you go, I will be with you. I will never leave you, and I'm going to bring you back to this land, and I'm going to give this land to you. He's not just the God of the mountain or the God of the valley or the God of this little square inch of territory, but he's saying, I'm the God of all. I am, I am not like the God of the pagans and the, the surrounding nations. I am the God that will be with you always, always. Isn't that awesome? And so then it says here, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. He met God. He found God. God found him. God met him. He had an encounter with God at this specific place. And he ended up calling this place Bethel, or Bethel, the house of God. Jacob was convinced that this was the gateway of heaven because God was there. How cool is this? Now, this tells us a lot about prayer and about God's desire to interact with us and how that works. This is really cool. The ability to have heaven coming to earth. 
Somehow earth interacting with heaven and heaven coming to earth. And this is my view of prayer. And that's why I say prayer is the currency of heaven. It's how we get the will of God to the earth. Listen to this passage in Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 to 5. It's given us a picture of heaven now, heaven. It says, another angel who had a golden censer. Now, I'm not exactly sure what this golden censer would look like, but I'm expecting it to be like some kind of a golden rod with, uh, at the end, the ability with a wick or to have fire on it, something like that, okay? And it says, he had a golden censer. He came and stood at the altar. Now, this is in heaven. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people. So the angel had like bowls. Another passage in Revelation calls it, he had bowls filled with incense, which represented the prayers of God's people, all of God's people. Okay, it says the prayers of God's people. And, it, and so he's in front of the altar, which is in front of the throne of God, which God is on the throne, and there's smoke burning up. It's the smoke of the incense. It's the, it's the, um, the prayers of God's people being poured out onto the altar, right in front of God, being presented to God in the Holy of Holies, okay? It says the smoke of the, of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. <laughs> this is so powerful. This is my, my interpretation or vision of what's going on. God is in heaven. And the angels are bringing the prayers. Look at this. They're ascending to heaven. They're bringing the prayers of God's people into the very presence of God, offering them on the altar right in front of God. And then they take fire from the altar and they hurl, hurl, hurl it down to the earth. It's almost like taking the, the, the answer from the presence of God and shooting it to the earth and it's causing rumblings and shakings and thunder and lightning and earthquake. And it's like the power of heaven comes into creation. The, the authority of heaven comes to shake the earth and to change the reality. The power of our prayers and the angels and the activity of heaven is because there is a mediator allowing this process to happen. And that mediator is now able to be you and me. But before we were able to be that mediator, there needed to be someone else that would become this staircase to heaven. This is what's so cool about Jesus. In John 1.51, he was talking to, I think it was Nathaniel. And he said to Nathaniel, he said, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He was talking about himself. Jesus is the staircase that leads to heaven. He is the staircase that came from heaven to earth and how earth gets to heaven. 
Jesus is the one who bridged the gap between us, fallen man, and heaven, God the Father. And he says this in John 14, 6, I, Jesus, am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. He literally is the connection or the bridge to God. It's how we get connected to God. It's through Jesus. And it's how the will of heaven gets done on the earth. It's through Jesus. The activity is through Jesus. Jesus bridged the gap. His sacrifice for you and for me, his death and his resurrection provided a way for us to be forgiven, to be reconnected, to be uh, renewed with our relationship with God and for the will of God to now begin to happen again on the earth through Jesus and now through you and through me. Wow, how awesome is that? 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. He is our Savior. Acts 4.12, Peter said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And Jesus said in John 14, 14, You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So the means by which we are able to interact with heaven and see heaven's will accomplished on the earth is prayer. It's through Jesus, through his name, through what he's accomplished on our behalf. It's through the, the love through the sacrifice, for the redemption, through his victory, that we have authority now to use his name to be connected to his family, to heaven's will, and to bring that will down to the earth. So amazing. Jesus is the staircase by which heaven comes to earth. Now, one other thing I wanted to share with you here is a little bit more of a Hebrew understanding of prayer. And this is only the beginning. This is only week one. I'm going to be sharing more insights into this word in the future. But for now, I want to just give you a little bit of, uh, of insight into this word. So the word for prayer in Hebrew is tefillah. And it looks like this. Without the vowels, this is what it would look like. We read it from right to left. Tefillah. Tefillah means prayer. But it also comes from another related word called tofel which has this letter, this letter, and this letter in it as well. The vowels make it sound different, but it's got the same three root letters. Okay, And when you have Hebrew words with the same root letters, they are intricately connected in their meanings. And so the three letters, tofel, which also help make up the word tefillah, it means to be joined or attached or bound together as two pieces of a broken vessel are pieced together to make it whole again. So part of the word tefillah, part of its meaning for prayer, really is to attach or to join. Okay, so keep that in mind because what's going on here when we think about even Jacob's staircase dream is that prayer helps us be reattached to God. It helps us join to God. It helps earth join to heaven. 
So part of the meaning of tefillah is that we need prayer, we need tefillah in order to reconnect with God, to be attached with God, because we have been broken off of God. Our sin, our rebellion you know, caused a gap, caused a brokenness, caused a death, a separation. And yet tefillah is our means by which we reconnect to God. We reattach to Him. Our soul, I think David said it this way, he says something like, my soul longs for you, O God. Like the, like the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, O God. I need you, God. We need God. Our souls crave the presence of God. And prayer is the means by which we reconnect, we reattach, we rejoin with God. Our souls are so thirsty. So I'm calling you out to devote yourself to prayer because in prayer, you will find God. You will be reattached and joined to Him. Prayer attaches heaven to earth. Prayer attaches you to God. And prayer is what allows us to connect to God, to connect to heaven, to bring heaven to earth, to bring God's will to be done here on earth as it is there. And that's why Jesus said, pray that as part of the prayer, the Lord's prayer, when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I pray that you will jump on board with this 40 days of prayer, because if you do, I know you will grow stronger in God. You will get reconnected to God. And I hope that you also join our life groups, join a group of people so you can get reconnected to friendships and relationships at the same time. Today, as I wrap this message up, I want to invite you who are watching, if you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the, the Bible makes it clear there is no one else who can bridge the gap between you and God. No one else lived a sinless life and sacrificed that life for you and for me to be alive and forgiven except Jesus Christ. And if, and if you're ready to make that decision, this is the best decision of your life, then pray this prayer with me, okay? Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. I recognize that I need you and that you are the only way for me to be reconnected to God, to be forgiven of my sins and to cross over from death to life. So I give my life to you, Lord, and I receive your love, your life, and your new identity today. I thank you that you love me, that you're for me, you've never given up on me, that you came for me to save me and to rescue me. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, in your name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. And I also want to encourage you to go onto our app, check out our life groups, check out these other videos we'll be doing together, uh, and get the notes, and begin to devote yourself. Remember, the challenge this week is devote yourself to a daily time of prayer. You have a prayer list, seven simple things that you can be praying about each day, um, and begin to just develop that habit, develop that devotion, because it's going to be the doorway for you and I to grow closer to God. So now may God bless you and keep you. Uh, may He make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In His name, 
Amen. God bless you.